You either have to invest in care for your children, and that could be like nanny, babysitter, camps, activities, what have you. And then that obviously puts the financial pressure on you to earn more just so that you can spend less time with your kids. Sorry, not sorry. Or you're now taking time away from work to save the expense of all that childcare costs but you are now the person who has to be completely responsible for being engaged with your kids. Hey, hi, hello, and welcome back to the show. This is Loving Money, the podcast with Lise Wilcox, and I am Lise Wilcox, your lovable, <laughs> your lovable and humble host. I have been a strategic life and business coach for the better part of 10 years. And over that period of time, I have watched so many entrepreneurial women struggle with their relationship to money, no matter how much money they're making. And that's how this show came to be, to really name, de-shame, and reframe our relationship to money. Now, the other day I had a client call and we were talking about something that I just, we both got so impassioned about. I really just wanted to share it with you here today because I just feel like, you know, these conversations are conversations I get to have every day of my life. Like when my conversations with clients are so juicy and so impactful. And sometimes we, sometimes we have these conversations that like they can't be held in a silo. You know, I feel like they need to really be heard loudly and clearly. And so I wanted to share one of those with you today. And I don't even have a great title for it, but it's about the patriarchy and summer vacation and how that affects women's earning. But before we go into that, I wanted to share with you a review that I just read and is awesome. It's from jphil123. I just love these, these podcast review handles. And it says, everyone should listen to this podcast. JPhil123, I, I agree with you. Well, let me read on. Listening to this podcast feels like curling up on the couch with a good friend and warm cup of tea. Lise provides so much insight into what it is to be human. I constantly find myself thinking, can she read my mind? Not only does she make you feel less alone, but she also provides tools and techniques for how to navigate this crazy thing called life and ways to live a more calm, peaceful, and joyful existence. This makes me so happy. Like my whole face is just beaming right now because that, that is the point. And that is also the goal. That's the goal whenever I do a podcast, whenever I write a book, whenever I do a group program, or even when I'm on stage in front of hundreds to thousands of people. I want it to feel like I'm speaking just to you because I am. This is, this is the whole point for me. It's connection. This naming, de-shaming, and reframing, it's all based on how do we connect to have these conversations that we're all having inside of our heads, but very seldom do we feel like it's safe enough for us to have those conversations out loud. And so that's why I do what I do, especially on these platforms to help give a voice to those conversations that you're already having with yourself and really just shed a little light on them. As we know, sunshine is the best antiseptic and I'm a big fan of sunshine. I even named my mastermind, the sunshine club, which is specifically designed for entrepreneurial women who want to change the relationship to money, radically increase their revenue and finally stop playing small. The courses that I offer, the one-on-one -on -one that I offer, it's all rooted in the same thing. How do we change your relationship to money so that you actually get to claim who you are, have 
time freedom, have passion freedom, bring joy back into your life and really create a, a business around your life, like a life-centered business versus the other way around. And um, if you head to my website, lisawilcox.com, I do want it to feel like I'm speaking right to you, but what comes with that is a lot of ums and ahs and tripping over my own tongue because, you know, it's my first day with my new tongue and we're just trying it out. Anyway, if you go to the website, leasewilcox.com, you will find a free video training there as to how to charge what you're worth. And it really breaks down a very simple and frankly signature pricing guide, how I price my own services, but also how I've helped countless other clients price themselves as well from low ticket, high ticket, and everywhere in between. Now, how that affects our conversation today is directly related because as I said, my client and I were talking about how hard it is to be a female business owner who is raising a business and raising a family at the same time during summer break. Can I get an amen <laughs> every summer? And actually it starts like, it starts earlier than summer. It starts around in May. I start having all these like flashbacks or these visions of images I was sold by the media, movies, whatever, that summer is supposed to be this time of like easy breezy, casual living, throwing the kids in the backyard. Everybody's over barbecuing and everybody is just like, ultra relaxed. I don't know where this narrative came from, but maybe they were relaxed because they were taking some kind of Valium or Xanax. Summer, come at me, but summer is not stress-free or carefree or easygoing. Summer is stressful as hell because if you have kids and if you have a business, suddenly when the kids are no longer in school, you are left doing double duty. And again, this is a sorry, not sorry. Most of the time that responsibility falls to the mom. It falls to the woman. It falls to the female energy in the dynamic to make this summer happen while you're managing all of your own roles and responsibilities. A little bit of a history lesson. The reason that we have typically like a 10-month calendar for like a 10 month school year with a two month break is based on this old agrarian farmer model in which we used to require the children to be home working on the farm to do all the harvesting. You may have noticed that most of us don't live like that, like any anymore. Most of us are no longer a part of this agrarian lifestyle that requires not technology, but child labor to, to get it done and make it happen. So somewhere along the lines, we kind of detached from like the purpose or the relevance of this model. And we kind of just kept going because it's, it's what we've always done. So again, we used to send kids to school for 10 months of the year and pull them out for two months so they could be at home farming with us. Now, a couple assumptions a couple of assumptions are made in that equation. One, that we have a two-parent family, that they're both home on the farm working and they require the kids to be there. You know, then the division of labor goes to not only running the farm, but running the home and the children are a part of both of those things. Again, 
you know, call me crazy, but in the last, I don't know, 200 years or so, things have changed. And now those assumptions that we have two parents at home and that one is available to do the child rearing and one is available to do the, the, the business rearing or the money rearing, like it just doesn't hold up anymore. So now we have this antiquated model where we're removing kids from school for two months of the year, which by the way, isn't great for kids. Like, yes, we need a break, but talk to any teacher you know and tell me that they're actually teaching in June. Tell me, honestly. Are they teaching in June? No. Most of them have basically stopped teaching new concepts in March because after the report cards go out, what are they gonna do? Teach new stuff and then not measure it? Sorry, again, like this is kind of a bold statement, but most teachers are not teaching new stuff after March or not in any significant way. Yes, they're still participating, et cetera. I'm not dissing teachers. However, there's not a lot of new learning happening. June is a write-off. At my kid's school, they literally watch movies for most of June. It's, it's ridiculous. Then we have September. Well, guess what? After the kids have had like a couch potato brain moment for the past two months, and that's just at home, not even accounting for the very, very sparse learning they're doing from like March to June. Now September is full of mostly review because nobody remembers how to do anything. So really our school year, and again, I know some people are gonna get offended by this, but I stand behind this as truth. Our school year really goes from certainly where I live, October to like to March. And in that time, we still have Thanksgiving. We still have Christmas break or the winter break. We still have a spring break in March. Like there's there's so much vacation time in there that there's not a lot of learning that's actually happening. Sorry, unpopular opinion perhaps, but also not far removed from the truth. So we're pulling kids out for two months of the year. They're not getting a lot of learning in there that totally interrupts their ability to concentrate and embody the learning experientially because they're just not getting enough time to put it into practice, right? Yes, being at home is important. Yes, play, adventure, ex exploration. It's all critical for, for children's learning, for their development, their psychosocial development. It's all instrumental as like this holistic package to how kids learn and still pulling them out of a learning environment from two for two months literally makes no sense like find me an educator who can tell me who can like prove to me that this is the best way that kids learn and maybe i'll change my opinion but having been an educator for a, a lot of years it ain't happening it's not a good model for children if it's not a good model for children, honey, it's really not a good model for parents because, you know, I was a single mom for years. Having kids out of school while working from home and trying to find a way to either keep them occupied or I'm a big fan of, like, I used to be a Montessori teacher, so like I'm really, really big into self-directed play, self-directed learning. Cool. I can make that happen for my children, but it doesn't negate the fact that they still need to eat five to six times a day and that somebody needs to go get the groceries to make that happen. But the person who's responsible for getting the groceries is also the person responsible for making the money to go get the groceries, et cetera, et cetera. It's so much pressure for single parents. And it's so much pressure, even for two parent households. We have kids who are now out of school who either require childcare or some kind of activity, either outside the home or inside the home. If it's inside the home, that assumes 
one of those two parents is able to stay at home with the kids, guess who that is going to fall to? Again, I don't know if this is an exact stat, but just speaking hyperbole, I'm willing to bet that nine times out of 10 in a hetero couple, it's going to be the mom who's staying home. And so that affects her earning potential and her actual ability to engage in her work. And we start to see this. We see that most female entrepreneurs decrease their their work engagement in the summer because they're busy doing other things. Yes, I'm speaking in generalizations. Yes, I'm speaking about families who have kids. I know that's not lost on me, but for the purpose of this episode, we just need to work within that model, okay? So now we have female entrepreneurs who are taking time away from their own work and even people, women who are employed in a more quote unquote traditional sense, who have like more of a nine to five job they're going to, they're still responsible for figuring out the childcare and making it happen. It's not fair. <laughs> I think that's what I'm what I'm ultimately getting to. It's not, it's not fair. You either have to invest in in care for your children, and that could be like nanny, babysitter, camps, activities, what have you, or you're and, and that obviously puts the financial pressure on you to earn more just so that you can spend less time with your kids. Sorry, not sorry. Or you're now taking time away from work to save the expense of all the childcare costs, but you are now the person who has to be completely responsible for being engaged with your kids. It's like, what about that portrait is this easy breezy, throw all the kids in the backyard and everybody will come over for a barbecue. It also makes wild assumptions that people can afford to have a house that's large enough, that has a yard, and safe enough that has like an outdoor space that is like amenable to children being at home for a couple of months, right? That is not the reality for so many families. They're living in apartments or they're living in condos. The outdoor space is not personal or private. It's a public or communal space, which means there's less supervision and more open to risk. Like this model is so problematic. And as I said, it came up with my client the other day and we just went on a whole rant about it and I wanna share it with you here. What are your thoughts? Do you feel this pressure? You know, for a season that's supposed to be like carefree, feel the sun on your skin. I live in Canada, there's a limited number of weeks, there's like a finite number of weeks that we can go outside and not that we can go outside, but that you can like, you know, go outside without a jacket and be in the sun and finally get some vitamin D. Otherwise it's pretty cold or it's pretty rainy or it's just pretty uncomfortable outside unless you're like really into, outdoor activities, which for some of us, we're not, unless you count drinking coffee outside, in which case that makes us outdoorsy. <laughs> anyway, my point is summer is this short season that already has a ton of pressure because it's so short. We want to do all the things, see all the people, get in all those experiences we want to give to our, ourselves and our kids. If you then have the pressure of like, okay, but you also have to work full time or stop working so that you can like work full time so that you can afford putting your kids in activities or stop working so that you can afford the time to be at home with them. Like it's so much massive pressure to the extent that personally, I dread summer. I dread summer. I dread summer. <laughs> like, like take summer away because it does. it's a season that doesn't make any sense. Yes, if I could just sit beside a pool drinking coffee and like icy Perrier, or if I could sit at the cottage, somebody's cottage, and like look out at the water again with, you know, mocktails or coffee and a great book. Yeah, 
bring the heat, like give me summer. But unless you're in that very privileged 1%, that's not how like 99% of us are living and existing in summer break. Even when you're making six, multiple six, and into seven figures, that's probably not your lifestyle because it doesn't make a lot of sense across the board in this holistic way. There are other pressures, there are other logistical problems that get in the way of having this easy breezy, you know, packaged up middle class dream that we were sold as some kind of illusion. How do you feel though? (laughs) Let me tell you how I really feel about it. I'd really love to know how you feel. Do you love summer? Are you this like magical unicorn who has found a way of making it work and you don't find it stressful? Let me know on Instagram, share your thoughts and tag me at Lise Wilcox. I really want to know what you have to say. If you're on like team anti-summer here, um, let me know that too, because you know, I always joke that like, if you're in a friendship or an intimate partnership, yeah, it's really great when you have so many overlapping interests, but the real bond comes from hating all the same things. So if you're with me and you like hate summer, please share it on Instagram, tag me at least Wilcox and let me know your thoughts. The way that my client and I were discussing this the other day is the way I'm going to, I'm going to kind of wrap it up here with you that we need a change. Like we need to move away from this very problematic, very exclusive, very linear, narrow definition of what families look like now. And we need to move away from this stupid agrarian calendar. Don't even ask me how I feel about daylight savings time, but we need to really move away from this like ridiculous antiquated model of pulling kids out of school for months at a time and putting all the pressure usually on the mom, but we'll, we'll say families, but I'm going to, you know, between the lines, be like, it's the moms. Um, and we need to find a better way that, that shifts the school year, you know, as a teacher, I advocated for this too, but to have a continuous learning cycle. So, you know, maybe it looks like we go to school for three months and have a week off, or we go to school for three and a half weeks and we have a long weekend. And same thing, it's lather, rinse, repeat. You go you go to school 12 months a year and just have more long weekends because that's so much easier. It's so much more manageable. It's so much more affordable, not only in money, but in time and energy that you're having this nice distribution of like continuous learning with a little break, continuous learning and a little break. It makes life so much easier to plan for. And again, Bottom line, it's also way better for how kids actually learn and engage in in their own development and education. So you tell me, do you agree with me? Should we be moving away from this stupid system and allow ourselves to live in a less patriarchal paradigm or institution that puts the pressure on mom to just be everything to everyone all of the time? Or are you happy with the way that it is? No judgment either way. I'm just really, I'm really, as I said, like this conversation came up and I was ranting about it in my head and I was like, oh, this, this can't be an Instagram post. This has to be a podcast. So I'm hoping that you've, that you stand with me and that you've gotten a lot of value out of this. Go ahead and leave that feedback on the podcast review page if you like. 
feel free to give it a five-star rating. We love those. The more that you subscribe, rate, review, go old school and share it with a friend. It just helps the podcast get organic boosting, which means it moves it higher in the rankings, which yeah, that feels great for my ego. Not going to sugarcoat that, but more specifically what it does is that actually gives more people the chance to participate in these conversations that we're having here because it gets more organic reach. So if you love it, if you're getting a lot of value out of it, go ahead, subscribe, rate, review, and tell a friend. And as you know, I love to read reviews. So there you have it. I'm done with summer. I'm over summer. I'm over the agrarian calendar. I am so into the re-empowerment of families to do what works for the majority. You know, I know you can't please everyone all the time, but for the majority of families, there has to be a better way of structuring the school year so that it's less pressure on families to earn, 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 and spend, 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 spend. There has to be a way, like I'm not even saying that in a, it's not rhetorical. There is a better way. <laughs> it's just fact. There is a better way to do this. And we really need to get hip to the modern times. Like we need to get out of the 20th century and, and, God, the 19th century, and just be more current with the reality of the way that most of us are living in, in modern day times. Thanks for being here. Just a quick one today, more of a, more of a diatribe than anything else. But as I said, I'm really keen to know your thoughts as well. Go ahead and join me on Instagram at least Wilcox. Sometimes I'm on TikTok at least Wilcox as well. LinkedIn at least Wilcox, but TikTok and LinkedIn, I find much more difficult to navigate, which is why I'm such an Instagram girl. And again, if you head over to my website, you can grab your free training to help charge what you're worth and start to figure out how to um, better earn money that finances your child's summer vacation. <laughs> I also have the course available there for you. Loving money, seven days to turn your self-sabotaging money beliefs into long-lasting success. And if you use the code loving money at checkout, then you take like 20 bucks off the top, which you can use to go get ice cream for your kids or you just actually take the afternoon off and go spend $20 on yourself, grab a coffee, sit by the lake, read your book. That's what, that's what we'll call it. You save that 20 bucks, go buy yourself a nice new book, grab yourself a, an ice latte, and then you can go sit by somebody's pool or sit by the lake and really just, really just do you. Thank you so much for spending your very valuable time here with me. When you change your relationship to money, you change your relationship to your life. And I applaud you for taking this 23 minutes of your time and doing that like one minute at a time. Uh, I'll see you next time.